Welcome to The Wild Photographer with Court Whalen. Greetings, folks. Thanks, as always, for joining in today's podcast. We are going to be talking about something today that annoys every wildlife photographer out there. It is the idea of photographing things up in trees, wildlife up in trees that are backlit. So things like monkeys, birds, hex, sloths, you name it. We're talking about things that are backlit. They're usually up in the trees, in the canopy. We're photographing them from more or less ground level level or river level. Um, So we're shooting up and we're just getting that really bright light in the background and the animal's usually dark. So how do we deal with that? Okay, so first things first, let's set the stage. Where is this likely to happen? Most of the time this is happening in tropical rainforests uh, when you do have arboreal critters, things that do live in trees. So like I said, you know, we're talking about birds, monkeys, iguanas, sloths, heck, orangutans if you want to go to Borneo. Um, so basically, it, it's not going to happen in every single place in the world, but there are places where it happens a lot. Um, Madagascar comes to mind. Anytime I'm photographing in Madagascar, I am getting a lot of shots of lemurs and trees. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's great lighting conditions. Uh, sometimes having an overcast, dark sky is a great thing. But oftentimes the lemur is dark and the sky is bright. So how do we deal with that? Um, so first things first, the, the main thing you want to do is you want to try to move yourself first and foremost. Um, that's not always entirely feasible or practical. Sometimes you are standing or sitting or leaning on a slope. Uh, you can't move around. Maybe there's a, a gully or a valley or something, some ob- obstruction in between you and your perfect angle. But the first thing you want to do is if you're photographing and that thing uh, in your camera is looking really, really dark and the background is all blown out. So you can't even see its face. You can't see its expression. You can't see the contrast and textures. Um, you want to try to move yourself. So look at where the light's coming from. It can be sort of challenging in rainforest environments because it can be quite dark under the canopy. And you might say, well, it's just coming from all that above. You don't know where the light's coming from. But do your best to figure out where the sun is and where the strongest light and try to get that sun somewhere behind you so that the light is shining onto the animal's face or body. Um, if that doesn't work, try the best you possibly can to get it at a side angle or somehow so that you're not shooting, even if you are shooting up into the sky, you're not shooting at the brightest point of the sky. Most of the sky is going to look all bright and white regardless, especially in cloudy overcast days, but try to not be shooting right into the sun. In addition, probably more importantly, if you can move. So oftentimes animals, especially when you see them and they are photographable in the trees, they're not in the very, very tippy tops of a 300 foot tall tree. You know, they're somewhere in between. They might be pretty high up there, but oftentimes they're on some of the lower branches, the mid branches, and you can move to get something behind that animal, even if it's hundreds of yards away. That is not that bright, bright sky. So if you can move and put part of the tree, some darker foliage, even if it's yellow or bright green, something other than that bright sky behind the animal, that's going to be huge. So lighting, where is the light coming from and what can you put behind the animal so it's not that bright sky? Even if the animal is dark, if you can find an equally dark background to put behind the animal, you have just saved yourself the shot. It's making, you know, big time lemonade out of lemons, not even lemons because you've, you've gotten a great shot. So step two, what if you can't do that? And that's actually probably more common to be able to fix a shot like that is a little bit more of the exception than the rule. 
Um, what do you do internally in your camera to get the right settings? Well, the first thing you want to do is think about overexposing your shot. Okay. Now I want to, I want you to be very, very careful with that because sometimes if you overexpose the shot, the background that is that bright sky can get overly bright and it can kind of ruin the shot. It's almost unsalvageable from Photoshop or Lightroom or anything like that. Remember, I'm going to say this probably a few more times is that it's always easier and better and more practical to increase lightness on a too dark of shot than to darken too light of a shot. Okay. So I'll say that again. It's easier to lighten too dark of a shot better. The image just turns out better than to darken a too bright of shot. So yeah, always err on the side of too dark. But that being said, you know, overexpose your shot in third increments or even in full stop increments to kind of get that brightness of the overall scene. Now, when you're in Photoshop, which we'll go over in a few seconds, you can actually spotlight and then spot expose, overexpose certain areas. But in the camera, you're just going to either get everything light or everything dark. So I always say, you know, try to find some sort of balance. You know, you don't want to completely blow out the sky, what we call a whitewash in the background, but you also want to get a little bit of exposure on that animal or else it's going to just require too much work. You're going to degrade the two, the photo too much when you're doing photoshopping and lightrooming to it. Um, so make sure you study where in your exposure compensation settings you can find these tools. Um, a great way to do it is just look in your camera's manual, check out on YouTube, look to see where in your camera you can manually overexpose the shot. And again, go in third or full stop increments. Usually each Exposure meter is in third increment. So just one, two, three, take test shots, see what's going on. Okay. Um, if that doesn't work, if you're taking test shots and just still not coming out, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm just not getting the right exposure. This is step three and it's usually what I reserve to only the hardest to find and expose shots. I actually do put my exposure meter on spot metering, okay? And what that is, it's a setting in your camera's manual where you can choose from different type of exposure settings or metering settings, whether the camera chooses the whole frame to meter and choose light, whether it choose, chooses the middle of the frame or whether it just chooses the middle spot. That middle spot metering is really, really great if you just have the most difficult to expose subject way high in a tree and you, you need to get that exposure perfectly. The problem with this is that it usually does overexpose the background and then actually more importantly, I routinely forget to turn this off when I'm moving on to my next shot and I might have the shot of a trip going on next and I, you'll, you'll see it, practice it. The exposure is just completely off if you're only exposing for that center thing. So for instance, let's say you're photographing an animal with a dark face, but everything else is perfectly lit. What that's going to do is that spot metering is going to increase the exposure dramatically so the face is well lit, but then everything else is way too bright. And again, it's very, very hard to rescue that shot. Okay. Uh, so remember, you know, it's always easier to lighten a dark photo than to darken a light photo. So air on the side of too dark. Uh, position yourself first and foremost. Try to move yourself to get a better shot. What I really like to do is just try to find an even lighting. So I'm not necessarily trying to get that sun to be on the animal, the wildlife, whatever it is, but I'm trying to get the background of the animal the same lightness or darkness as the animal itself. If it's all dark, that's great. I just raise my ISO and I can compensate. But the problem is when the animal's dark, the background's light, it's hard to increase the exposure without blowing out those highlights in the background. Um, so a couple of tips, you know, in post-processing, you can rescue these shots. The first thing I'm going to do if I do take that shot and the animal's too dark is I'm going to look at shadows. I'm going to increase the lightness in shadows. I may look at increasing the exposure of the 
the whole shot, the whole frame. But more often than not, I'm going to use spot corrections. It's usually like a little paintbrush tool and it'll actually spot correct certain areas. I'm going to either lighten it or lighten the shadows or just increase the exposure in certain spots. Cause usually with that overly bright background, I don't want to increase the brightness of that anymore. Uh, in fact, what I'll probably do is I'll go to my highlights and I'll decrease the highlights just to bring those white tones back a little bit. Um, so these are some of the tools and tricks. Uh, remember you can always toy around and experiment with that spot exposure adjustment. Um, it's kind of the last last case scenario for me. I don't really like it, but that is what it's made for, for those difficult to expose settings. But again, I prefer just messing with the exposure meter if I can't move myself in the right way and then always erring on a little bit too dark than a little bit too light. Well, I hope this was helpful to you today. Please do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And also just a heads up, I'm starting a new YouTube channel as well. We're going to be airing some of these podcasts in video form with some graphics for some examples and all sorts of great stuff. So be sure to check that out if you haven't already. I can be found at Court Whalen. That's court, just like a tennis court in Whalen, W-H-E-L-A-N on YouTube. So check it out and there's lots more to come. Cheers. Cheers.